I don't know if I'm I'm stuck because I'm a refugee, Islamic, right. or is it Islamic refugee and therefore I'm even more in <laughs> you know, a problem. Hello everyone, welcome to episode one of Worldviews, where today I sit down for a chat with Hamza Benzula. It's only fitting that Hamza be my first guest, because to be completely honest, it was a conversation with him that really made me realise how many incredible stories there are out there waiting to be shared. Hamza was born in Morocco and adopted at the age of four. He's a sociology student practicing Muslim and human rights activist who I was so happy to meet while I was on exchange in France. What first struck me about Hamza was just how much of a warm and welcoming person he was. I was very lost, to say the least, in my first couple of weeks in France, and he so kindly invited me and some other exchange students over to dinner at his place to include us in the student community. We were studying in a little seaside town called Menton on the border of France and Italy. The current European immigration crisis was quite obvious at the border, with many refugees waiting to enter France. On numerous occasions, I would be taking the train from Ventimiglia, the town over the border in Italy, back to uh, home and university in Monton, and police officers with huge guns would raid the train, bang on the bathroom doors in an attempt to find these refugees who were trying to stow away from Italy and get into France. So at this dinner, while we discussed our lives across a delicious meal, it became apparent that the warm welcome that Hamza had gave us had not always been extended to Hamza himself because of his race and religion. The point of this podcast, I guess, is to break down our pre-existing stereotypes and notions about our fellow humans around the world. So I'm going to stop talking and (laughs) let Hamza do just that. Because ladies and gentlemen, I'm so excited to share this conversation with you, which we recorded during Hamza's Ramadan fast. It is the story of a sassy 20-year-old poet who immigrated to France, loves to cook, and has an idea or two about how traditions change throughout time. How is it going with the fasting? Oh, I mean, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm quite used to it, like 12 years. 12 years of doing it. 12 years, yeah. Do you remember so, the first time you did it? So I tried for, let's say, from um, five in the morning mm-hmm. to uh, six. Mm-hmm. And it was, the break was at 7.30. And I, and I, I drank just at six because I couldn't like... You couldn't handle it. Yeah, but I did like a lot. And yeah. And after that, the day after, I did it until 7.30. Oh, that's Then so I good. got used to it. You yeah. Know? So it's just normal. Yeah. Step by step. Yeah. So just for the people listening, yeah. could you uh-huh. give a little background of why you're doing this? Oh, uh, um, yeah. So it's a part of like a... Um, about a, a part of Islam as a religion, you have to... You have to fast. It's one of the five pillars. Yeah. Um... I think it's one of the most important for me, but it's my opinion on it. Because first, uh, it's, it's about people like thinking the way people are thinking. So basically the idea is that you feel what the poor feels. 
And the second is because it's really challenging you, like it's challenging mm. the way you see things. It's also for some people, but that's not my argument, but some people say that it's like also avoiding like, you know, the capitalism idea that you have to buy everything even though you don't need right. and have food every single time. So it's going back to the very yeah. basics of living. Yeah, it's just yeah. like basics. And I also think it's a way of like restructuring your mind into important um topic mm. important things so for example i do fasting even like doing exams yeah so for example i have for example i had like two years ago seven hours of exam you know in the morning and in the afternoon and i still did it yeah. because i feel like your brain has to be concentrated on one thing rather than the rest yes and it's very challenging but it's very good and for me at least but i know yeah. that some people sometimes have a hard time yeah to do it. how do you find because obviously now you're living in France and you yeah. will go to live in Canada soon. Do you think it'll be harder to keep that tradition up? Because I guess in Morocco, like a lot of people yeah. would do it. For example, I was I was talking about it with uh, Zineb, a friend of mine. Yeah. And we were talking about how in Morocco it's completely different. So for example, when you're in Morocco, um, during the day you feel like everybody died. <laughs> and that at night everyone is like coming back to life. Wow. Because... From ten when from the break, let's say seven thirty. Yes. Until four in the morning, I would say people are out, and we are like uh, my city is like by the sea, oh, so all the coffees suddenly like are full of people. Yeah, all night that, long. All night long. Wow. And it's like a whole different like it's a whole way of structuring your day because you're not thinking about. Like eating at, uh, you know, we don't eat at noon. So that's a French thing. But we yeah. eat at two, you know. <laughs> yes, so like a little that. bit later. Yeah. So you have that moment, for example, you feel it at Friday. Everyone is, uh, like the streets are like, nobody's there. Everyone is having the couscous on Friday, yes. you know. Yeah. Well, the same way for Ramadan, but for an entire month, you have to change the pace. And here it's like completely different. So people are continuing living their their lives. You can ident- identify the more uh, the Muslim ones that are yeah. kind of struggling. Yeah. But <laughs> no, it's just so it's just funny because people feel bad about asking me. They're like, "Oh, do you want to get a coffee later?" I'm like, mm, "I'm not sure that's gonna happen." What do you mean about later? I'm pretty later? sure I asked you that, and you're yeah, like, like it's, I, <laughs> "I can't eat." No, yeah, but like it's yeah. just uh, I think. I have no issue doing it. Like, I think it's a good yes. thing. It's just, yeah. some, for some people, hard. Yeah, me. yeah, for sure. Uh, do you miss your family back home? Yeah, in... yeah, well, that's a... It's same. a given, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, you know, like, Ramadan, when you're having the iftar, which is uh, the basic meal, when you're breaking, yeah. breaking the fast, it's quite different. In Monton with friends, uh, we try, I try, like, to, you know, bring it back. Yeah. So I make the same food that I make home, that yeah. my mom makes. Uh, I like cooking, so yeah. Well, so I can my, actually confirm you are pretty good. <laughs> my mom, I sent her pictures of like uh, when we were eating. She was like, "This is yeah. exactly what we're doing, maybe less." And I was uh, like, "Oh!" <laughs> but it's true that like I'm trying to like find a. Yeah. I guess it's my way of coping with distance by bringing back things that I. Totally. Back, you know. Yeah. And cooking is a part of it. Yeah. I feel like it's a part. Do you remember like a specific moment from your childhood or anything that? I remember. It was uh, around 2007-2008, we were having like a different kind of iftar. We had like a different way of eating, we were eating much more. So for example, you had the first um, part of the iftar, I would say, which Mm -hmm. is like uh, pizzas, uh, harira, which is like a Moroccan soup. Um, uh, Briwatch, which is again like a Moroccan dish. Yeah. Uh, And all of that. Then you have the kind of... Call that the the breakfast, because then you have milk, juices, 
and all those things that you couldn't eat on uh, on the breakfast and that's how we had we had that but since yeah. then we like lower the way we eat it's just basically a mix of the two but less you know but i i remember one thing is that my mom like mb we like uh, raisins like uh, um and precisely we like also like to make juices Yum. So we had like the whole, the this whole big machine that you were putting it into it, and you're like, making, yeah. People were like, is it alcohol? I'm like, no, <laughs> that's to stay out yeah. for like decades. Yeah, there's <laughs> no, you can't drink in. Morocco, I, I is think that correct. You can, you can drink. People you are can drink. drinking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kids, I, I can assure that Moroccan drinks. <laughs> they drink. I, I'm sure of that. But yeah. Can you? It's a whole debate for me. According to me, the way I see it is that you don't have to get like drunk. That's very the limit. You can have one, one mm-hmm. thing and not mm-hmm. specifically um, feel bad. But if you go back to also the let's say the Islamic civilization and all this part that people tend mm-hmm. to forget, they were actually poetry about 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 wine. Wow. And it was still in the Islamic. And this moment. was in Islamic. And then poetry. it was still poetry. Like you had the, that during that time. It was before and it continued after. Okay. But people tend tend to forget it because they there's like a kind of like now a whole new structure of Islam. Uh, yeah. Not Islam. Islam stay the same. I would say the the way of people's interpretation. Yeah. yeah, that's. What do you think caused that change? And when when did very, this happen? It, yeah, it's very hard to date it. Yeah. Because I think it's a long term party. Okay. Yeah, I think. I think we can go back to uh, to the whole thing of nine eleven, okay, and see it as a just a part of it. So because you're gonna have those people who's gonna who's gonna be put in the American perspective as the Muslims. So you, the Muslims are gonna feel like a threat for them, like a threat coming from I don't know where, yeah, and as if they were all the same. And more now, I would say the different attacks from there so there was madrid but that was not mm-hmm. i don't think there was such a big impact uh there was london yeah and then you had the entire french thing mm-hmm. i would say mm-hmm. the french attacks all of the attacks that attacks. like you can see like yeah. how we affected i would say north africa more than anything yes like i would say morocco tunisia algeria you can see how it affected it even in australia there is this sort of i guess public opinion about islam that isn't really yeah true to to i guess what the religion is at its core yeah and i think from talking to different people it's partly prejudice coming from the west yeah and then also the east trying to push back a little bit further so what what do you think that dynamic is and how can i think i think the east and west um are clashing well, we all know the clash of civilization. <laughs> that's kind clash of, of civilizations, yeah. yes. <laughs> so we know that, that theory. Um, I would say, I would say it goes along with it, but not the difference is that now it's clashing even more in the way that like the some of the part of the eats are, are coming back to traditional way of thinking. Yeah, which is interesting to see. So they come back to. I had a professor, an Arabic professor, who was saying that we're coming back our. our Moyen Age, our time when we were like uh, uh, the middle, the middle age. The when, middle age. Yeah, she yeah. said that. I kind of agree with her because really? we had a whole process of uh, of Nahada, which is was a 
a big part of like mm -hmm. uh, if you look a bit into Eastern studies, it's a part when you have the resurgence of like press, uh, freedoms, uh, uh -huh. literature. Yeah. And after that, so like had, a renaissance. Yeah, it's a, it was the renaissance of like yeah of let's say the Middle East, and yeah. then it went down after that. And part of it is also now part of it is the way we're gonna interpret Islam, not much as a a religion was going to help you to understand the new world, yeah. but more as a barrier to the new world. So basically, you're going to put Islam as a barrier to everything that you see yes. in order to preserve what the, it was back then and and your values because you feel uh, like they're threatened by the new world. Right. And that's very interesting. It's interesting to me because I don't think that's exclusive to islam if you see no i don't think it's discourses even think, in the west there's this whole nationalist revival yeah. so it's this idea that you're trying to hold on to the past to stop to stop ev everything that is progress new. yeah yeah i think it's normal with religion so if i go out of my comfort zone which is like yeah. being religious yeah. if you go to see the people that like wrote about against religion or whatever which is interesting to see and that's a part of like the problem with like all these movements is that they don't they have one single story. Yeah. And let's remind, like, I don't know if you know her, it's like a Nigerian author. Who was called, that, sorry? It's a Nigerian author. Okay, yeah. She said that, I think, I think she's Nigerian, I'm, I'm not sure, but yeah. I think she is. It's a Kamamonde Adichie, and she said, be aware of the single story, oh. the single history. In that yeah. Case. It's true. In so that telling case, a story from one side only. Yeah, so that's what they're doing. Mm. And they're not taking the other side. And why they don't take the other side, you feel like they. that's how they get more and more um let's say uh extremists in the way they're thinking in that mm -hmm. case if you go to see the literature wrote against religion if I, the the main claim is also that it's a, an idea and it's a l'opium du peuple it's an expression that french people um have and it's it's like it, you can see how we can read all of these changes by that so religion is going to be an idea that's going to be used an ideology yeah. used against a new ideology. Right. That's how they some argue. That's a really interesting idea. Yeah, it's it. a very interesting for me, like because you're going out of your comfort zone, and that I think that's the thing that we don't do. Probably have that those uh, clashes. Yeah. But I think the nationalism and is another even like another thing because it's more about even like frontiers. So it's like more embodied by the geography around you. Okay. So it's even more because most Islam is like going all over the world. There's no geographical yeah. boundaries. So you hold into the religion and yeah. more the traditions. So you're saying that it's um it's a way of keeping community in yeah. a place that isn't necessarily defined by geographical borders. I would okay. say that. Yeah. I think it. I think it makes sense. But for the Middle East, since you have some countries that are officially following Islam, yeah, that doesn't hold. That's the exception. Let's say for Morocco, like they it clearly say it's gonna follow the Islamic. Uh, like like politics uh, politics are like they're derivated from Islam. They it's not clearly said that really? Tunisia is following. Yeah, it say that like we don't know what is the word uh, Muslim referring to in that constitution because it yeah. says uh, sa religion. We don't know if it's its religion. Is it talking about Tunisia, Tunisian people? Yeah. So therefore, the law and all the things that are going to be in Tunisia are not yeah. going to be read from from Islam. Yeah. So that's the like the, they say the exception. A lot of people, as you said, because they turn to that sort of religious identity as a form of belonging, whatever in mm. wherever they are, people who are afraid or maybe do not know 
about this other religion, this other culture, discriminating against those people. Have you ever experienced discrimination? Oh because yeah, well of that's your... like very normal. In sociology, there's an important word that is that has to do with all of this, which is intersectionality, intersectionality, which says that a person is so. For example, you're not just a woman; you're a woman and black. So you have two different identities, and you cl- yeah. cl- that are yes. a part of it that makes you even more. Uh, let's say complex yes. in the way you're thinking. Mm-hmm. It was used a lot into the LGBT movement. Yep. You're a white woman, uh, a gay white woman and gay black woman. Yep. So it's not the same phenomenon. Yes. Feminism, sorry. So, so that's a part of it. So if you put back this into uh, our perspective, I would say, I don't know if I'm, I'm stuck because I'm a refugee, Islamic, right. or is it Islamic refugee and therefore I'm even more in you know, a problem. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, it's like example, taking off yeah, everything that someone could too, be afraid let's of. Let's say not far from one year and a half that I'm here. <laughs> yes. It's been 34 times that I'm stopped at the... At the at the border? At the border between Italy. Wow, and 34 times. And the worst about it, you can ask some of my friends. We were sitting all together they were, and he was passing by. Check. He didn't check anyone. And then he saw me with the three of us. Yes. And he went straight to me asking my passport. Not anyone else's. And then he, he understood that it could be a problem. Yeah. So he looked around and asked Javier's passport. Oh, okay. But you could see, yeah. definitely, and I'm saying that... It's this true. racial it's like profiling. Not yeah, it's racial profiling. It's, it's like very normal. Yeah. If you're black, yeah. even that's even worse there. Yeah. Because they take you out. Even like... They don't try to to understand. They're just very racist. So just clarifying, this is on the border of Italy and France. Yes, yeah. yeah, so um, take the train. Going to down now. to the train. Um, and obviously... Yeah, but also I, at, the, at the normal border. You know, just the, the walking border? Area. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what would you say to people who would, for example, say that security is important, that you need to check, and that racial profiling is just something that unfortunately comes with that? What would you say to that? I would say that's a good question. Um, security is important. To protect your rights, you need security. There is sometimes when security is going over your rights. That should not happen. Yeah. That's also a funny sentence said by a French humorist called Anne Romanov. He said, where is your liberty when you have security? But you have to have liberties, you have to have security. Yes. So that's a play, you know. Yeah. Uh, play on words makes sense. In this case, I would say... It's true, you need security for your borders because you don't want, when you see how Paris attacks affected, yes. you, everyone felt, how did we let them in? That was the first question. How did they get in? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's true. But the racial profile is something else. The way it's done could be different. I'm not as, I'm, it's hard to question it because when I, I had, so I had a sociology uh, experiment to do last year. And you can see that they're like, so what, are we going to check all the train? And I'm like, yeah, that's what you should do. And he was like, no, 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 we're checking like the people that we think are. But again, it's they think, and that's a problem for me. Well, that's Because they think it is. You could but, have something like the Christchurch attack well, in I New was, Zealand. Yeah, but I was in that, in that train. And, and you know, yeah. Syrian, they sometimes look very, very white. The woman, the woman take uh, took off her veil, yeah. and who was wearing as a, I would say, not typical exodus yeah. woman, white woman, like wear it. Okay. Um, uh, and they passed. They didn't. They didn't get. She didn't get no, checked. No, no, no. Because that, she was white or appeared. No, more because she appeared European. European in the okay. way you were thinking, and that's very. That's my problem. So Security it's always, is important, but. Uh, 
but it's racial hard. profiling is never going to. I think it's a. It's still yeah. not not solved because it's gotcha. the only way of doing it now. Because we didn't propose another way, you know. Yeah. It's not like police uh, entities propose another way. And even though between what the police, like the official says, and how it's going to be applicable yeah. by those policemen, is different. You know, yeah. they'd be like even then. I mean, that's interesting. They interpret in the way they have to do it. Yes. Again. Yeah. Because some of them are going to go very hard on every migrant they, they think is a migrant. Yeah. And some are just going to ask all the people in that part. I had like good and bad experiences, mm-hmm. which shows that like you have people following it and, and people that I go in beyond it. Mm-hmm. And I think it becomes as from my sociological perspective and how I did it, it, it becomes a mechanism. In the beginning, it's not, in the beginning, they feel bad. Like I talked with a new policeman, they feel bad. But after that, they just get used to have all the time the people that don't have their papers. Yeah. Black, Middle Eastern looking. Yeah. And therefore, in the mindset, it's they continue to work. You know, you're doing that every single day. Mm-hmm. It becomes a, mm-hmm. you know, a way of doing things. You know, you're just like, oh, that that's a black. We had a lot of blacks, so it's gonna be him who's not having papers. And mostly it works, to be honest, because they've been similar. Uh, part is like you know a big migration part because you between have between Italy and, all, and France and La yeah. Roya, which yeah. is a it's a really known. Well, it does work to a certain extent because that's still like you know racist. Yeah, it's very hard to decide whether how you're gonna do it. I'm not professional on that, but it would be interesting to see with the how new officials can justify yeah. that. For now, they justify it by saying. By saying no, we're not doing it, which is not true. Which, which is that's for now not true. true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So you speak what five languages or something crazy like that? <laughs> Giving too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I am trying to get at is that the, uh, for example, those police officers who did racial profile you. Oh, and depending on languages. Yeah, yeah. Languages. Not not that. More so that this sort of idea with any racial profiling that you're putting a whole bunch of people into one category yeah. not realizing that they are their own person with their own story and like for you for example you're an incredible human being so accomplished That's so intelligent but do you think then what we need to do is sit down and have conversations like this with people that are from different backgrounds to help us understand that we're not so alien we're not so different from each other yeah, yeah we're not so different from each other i yeah. think we are we have different opinions but are structured by your culture and culture is also sometimes bad because it, it makes you think that everything is fine and therefore that's how you have clash between the cultures yeah yeah and uh, i would say it's very it's better to talk so that's the thing with the let's say Sciences Po. but like Sciences Po people here in Monton, we have 54 nationalities yeah that's very interesting to see how you have, and even though in those nationalities you have the, let's say the, the Tunisian, uh, Tunisians, but they are from different parts of Tunisia. Yeah. So, you know, the roads, uh, places of Tunisia, yes. the capital. Yeah. And different. And so it's, it's very, different even within the country. And, uh, yeah. And that's very good. And I think the more you talk, the more you try to understand. But there's a moment when talking is not enough. And that's, a bit, that's where I see the limit is, you can talk about and explain yourself and explain things, but there's a moment when the you the person you you're talking with has basically you can invite him to see, because it's really good to talk. But talks are now you see the value that we give to people talking is less and less 
in France at least because of politicians we don't believe what they say anymore okay so the so value of you value talking. a lot people are valuing a lot what they see okay so so what would you say bring so I would say talking is very good and bring it to home yeah and be right. like oh so yeah. see around you and we can talk about yeah. it experience it I did that with uh, friends mm-hmm. like uh, one of my friends here he came to Morocco for two, for one month one month it was during Ramadan oh it was he had two weeks between in Ramadan yeah and two weeks out of like when it was no more Ramadan so he got to see the city at least how it works how people think and now he's like speaking Darira really <laughs> he has like some that's amazing yeah it was really interesting to see that that's so I would cool say it's important and you said 54 nationalities here yeah, at Sciences Po. That's the last one. Yeah, something that struck me though was how much of a community exists here despite all those differences. For example, at the gala, the final formal dinner yeah. to say goodbye to everybody, mm-hmm. after the video played, giving a, um, I guess, a playback of the whole year, yeah. the amount of tears and then chanting the Monton chants to to show the sense of community that obviously goes beyond those borders that we create these imagined borders I say imagined because in that room there weren't any borders we were all students who were going to miss our time here in Monton um, I had the same experience leaving my university in Australia, my residential mm-hmm. college. I was getting flashbacks to the same sort of emotions being felt there. Everyone, you know, just a lot of love there. Mm-hmm. And so do you think that's the key then to to sort I of think... forget the borders completely and yeah. just, I don't know, what are your thoughts? I think humanity has no borders. And those the only borders that you can find to humanity are going to be the... The thoughts that you're, that you're gonna have or that people will like tell you to have. And I feel like in that room, in that sense, at that moment, we were like not thinking about what we were, but more what we experienced. And that's like the shift. Cause in a lot of cases, when you see, uh, those attacks, I mean, like I've seen people, uh, when you see those national things happening, the beautiful, the, what we call beautiful moments, it's not more about yourself. It's more about what we have together and what we experience together. So when you talk about that video, it's not about the person talking, but more about what it was referring to. And it was referring to, we all had those moments. We all had those memories. We all, so that's important for me to highlight the fact that the more you're going to say what we all have and show it as a, like, uh, a basis, that's going to help you to go uh, beyond what you only have. And in that moment, it's true that, like, you saw a lot of tears coming from people that you would not think they would have the, the tears. And that's interesting because you feel like that at the end of the day, everyone had the same experience, I would say, with some difference. But again, with some different mm-hmm. differences are good. Yeah. So we shouldn't completely forget our differences. No, we should not forget our differences. They are part, but we should like try Embrace and, them. Yeah. And a part of like that gala was really interesting because you say community in Arabic. It's like umma. It's one of the main sentences that mm-hmm. are held by like uh, uh, Middle Eastern studies, even though they're sometimes criti- criticized. Uh, and it's the idea of umma. It's a community of people thinking 
acting, having the same culture. It depends on different uh, definition. And you could hear that those people talking about Uma. Uh, when you invite somebody in your in your house, for example, when I invite people here, yeah. so I take out my shoes because I'm used to it. Yeah. And some others are not gonna think about it yeah. because it's different. But that's culture, you know. Yeah. And when you communicate, then they understand. Ooh, that's yeah. that's for yeah. reasons. And in that case, I also love that case because it shows there are two different things. Yeah. Some people say it's for cleaning, to be clean. Some yeah. people say because we're sitting on the ground, so it's more comfortable. In the same time, uh, it, it's bad to have a complete clean house because if you have a baby, he has to get used to to microbes. Mm-hmm. And in the other side, it's 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 bad to have a like disgusting yes. one, you know it, so i guess it's just this idea of learning from each other yeah from each other's yeah and, and the thing that both sides can have be correct yeah in a different way in a different way and the common ground is that they two exist and have to go along because the way it's going to be war all the time and yeah. that's not a good thing to yeah. have awesome thank yes. you for having a chat hamza do you have any final pieces of advice for people who maybe uh, like we've mentioned living in a small community, but like I, we're talking about the bigger world community. How can we, when we don't necessarily see each other's culture, foster an environment where we do understand each other? That's a really tough question. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to have an answer, just your I think, I think, I think an incredible thing to do to get to know culture is to learn its language. Because okay. you get to know how people think. They don't yeah. have the same way of phrasing things. It's interesting things. how you say that. Um, have you seen the film The Arrival? Yeah, I think I have. Yeah, it's, it's just, really... for all of you listening, please watch it if you haven't already. <laughs> because it is a really good movie about language and how our brains are shaped by the way we think. Yeah. So it's interesting you say learn someone else's language. This, maybe a, that is the there's way. There's a whole part of sociology that says that yeah. it's a linguistic ideology. Saying that the way you think is going to... Define the way you're acting, the way yes. you get to culture, and therefore, th- by the same way, we can try to get to understand each other. So it's all about education. Thank you so much, Hamza. Okay. No problem. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of World Views. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions or would like to contribute to the conversation, feel free to get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, check out the description where there'll be some links from some of the things discussed in today's episode. Stay tuned for more stories, but until then, lots of love.